the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Ghost and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis. At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional-level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. This episode of Magic Markets is brought to you by Westbrook Alternative Asset Management, South Africa's leading provider of alternative investment funds and co-investment strategies. With over 8 billion rand in assets under management across South Africa, the UK and the USA, Westbrook provides South African high net worth individuals, wealth managers and institutions with a unique gateway to the world of alternative investments. This includes private debt, hybrid capital, real estate, private equity and venture capital. Visit westbrook.co.za to find out more. Westbrook Alternative Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider, FSP number 46750. Before we start this fantastic episode of Magic Markets, I do need to tell you that the contents of this podcast are for information purposes only and they do not constitute investment advice, nor do they represent a solicitation of any member of the public to invest in any security. The investment vehicles managed by Westbrook Alternative Asset Management are available to qualified or sophisticated investors only. All listeners should seek professional financial advice prior to making any investment. Welcome to episode 91 of Magic Markets. Mo is back in Canada, so we're now dodging dicey internet signal as opposed to load shedding. There's always a problem of some kind, but we get around it. And uh, we are also here with some problem solvers, as we've learned about the Westbrook team. They're also really good at getting around problems. Maybe, Mo, they can even solve your uh, internet issues. Yeah, Ghost Boy, it's a pleasure doing this with you. And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to definitely canvas the team at Westbrook, uh, tap them for some capital so we can actually build out a new telecoms player here in, uh, in the Canadian market. And then I won't have problems with my connectivity. But always a pleasure doing this with you, Ghost, and uh, would like to welcome the team from Westbrook. Ghost, I don't know if you want to introduce the team. Yeah, let's do it. So Ryan Ritoff, who we've now figured out, knows you, Mo, from uh, a previous life. And uh, Saul Mazaro, who's done something reasonably similar to what I did once upon a time, which was a, a grad pro or CA training program outside of auditing. Uh, he did it as in, at Investec, which is not where I did mine, before I give too much away. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We have relatively similar backgrounds actually across, you know, everyone on this podcast. So uh, welcome, guys. It's really cool to meet more faces from Westbrook. We always enjoy these shows. We always learn a ton, and we're looking forward to doing the same with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're looking forward to the chat. So it's all about solar today. That's what Dino has told us you guys are up to, and uh, that's certainly what we're excited to learn about. Uh, Mo doesn't need to worry about this anymore because he has real electricity. It's very real for the rest of us who are left behind in South Africa. So I guess just really high level, you know, what is Westbrook's interest in the sort of solar space? You know, what is what is keeping you guys busy? Is this something with external investors at the moment or is this something you're kind of building out internally? So currently uh, building it out internally uh, with the view to build out with external investors pretty quickly or, or relatively soon. The idea is that we see massive opportunities in the solar space. 
uh, obviously within South African context, it's extremely uh, topical at the moment um, across the board. I mean, residential, commercial, industrial, it's, it's an exceptionally topical space. And we believe there's a massive opportunity to not only raise capital from the investor side within the solar space, but, but also invest into to really exciting projects. We obviously, um, from, from a Westbrook point of view, historically have been very involved from a 12J perspective and or the biggest 12J manager historically, almost 3.8 billion rand under management. And the idea was once 12J come to an end, what's the what's the future? What's the next iteration? How do we how do we move on? And we believe we've found the next iteration of 12J and we want to want to work with within that tax framework and find compelling solutions for both investors and solar asset owners and 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 roll out investments into the space. Yeah, I think just to just to build on what Ryan said, I mean and goes what you said initially. I, like this is a very, very topical investment space at the moment, and we aren't the only ones who are looking to deploy capital into the space. And I guess the, the the crux of our of our value proposition is is finding that balance between creating value for investors as well as different stakeholders across the solar value chain. Um, yeah, I mean, and in light of in light of the ESCOM and, and load shedding context. Primarily within South Africa, solar is the biggest source of alternative energy, but that's not necessarily what we're limited to. I mean, if there's some um, wind is wind power, hydroelectric power, biomass conversion, converting waste into energy, those are all different projects within which we will look at and and assess on their own merits. So it's definitely something that we, I mean, we're busy building internally, but but looking to get to market pretty quickly. This is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to the guys here at Westbrook is you're the quintessential capital allocators in that you actually help connect the users of capital on the one hand with the holders of capital on the other. And, you know, that's the catalyst for growth in South Africa is that we need to stop trying to do things on, for example, the sovereign balance sheet. We need to liberate private capital. So where I want to go with this is very recently, in fact, when I was down in South Africa, the president announced that micro-generation was a thing and that they were actually going to allow private players to feed energy back into the grid. There were no longer size restrictions in terms of how small your generation could be. And this is effectively this massive unlock for your business. So maybe just some context in terms of what is the size of projects that you would be looking at in terms of funding? I think that's important because on the one hand, if you look at something like concentrated solar, you know, those are mega projects. That's something that requires for example, a sovereign size balance sheet. Whereas if we're talking about maybe layering your entire roof of a small strip mall or shopping center with solar, you know, photovoltaic panels and so forth, that's a very different specification. So where exactly in this value chain are you as Westbrook looking at playing? So to your point, we believe that there are players across the value chain. We think that the utility size projects, you know, 100 megawatts and up are really for other players in the market. We think that the, the banks, the DFRs, the, the guys with, with cheap sources of capital will play in that space and they will, they'll do a great job in that space. We believe that there's an opportunity anywhere from 100 kilowatts all the way up to 5 megawatts is our, I don't want to call it a niche because it's a, it, it's a, it's a really large spectrum of project sizes, but we're comfortable from a flexibility um, point of view to play anywhere from 100 kilowatts to 5 megawatts. And the idea is to really play with with anyone from a solar asset holder, someone who owns their own solar project, to an EPC who's looking to build out a portfolio of assets, or an RPP who's willing to build out a portfolio of assets as well. And we were looking to help them grow those portfolios 
or to take the capital that they've put into their, their asset in terms of a property um, owner and use it in their core business. Because what does a property owner want to spend money on their solar for? It's not their core business. We'll buy it from them or we'll help them fund it and we'll put the, the, the necessary legal documents in place and we'll fund it on, from that perspective. But as you say, that spectrum is anywhere from 100 kilowatts all the way up to 5 megawatts. I just want to interrupt there and I, I just for, for context as well, because a lot of our listeners might not be familiar. What does a 100 kilowatt project look like? You know, how many panels are we talking about? Is that a residential size roof? What does a, a 5 megawatt project look like so that we can then have an upper and a lower end of your range? but in a, a physical context. I think that would be quite useful for our listeners. So uh, I'm certainly no technical e expert in terms of the, the underlying hardware, but I can give you a range in terms of from a cost perspective. So when you work on, on costing a project, a one megawatt project is anywhere in the region of 10 million rand. So you're working about 10 million rand per one megawatt. So if you're looking at 100, 100 kilowatts, you're looking at around about that million rand space. So it is slightly bigger than a household, because in the household contents, you're looking at generally between 150 and 250,000 rand for a really, you know, a comprehensive system for a house. So we're playing really just above that, that household range, residential. So we're playing from a cost perspective, from a million rand up to about 50, 50 million, million rand. Just to, just to also add to Ryan's, to Ryan's point and, and Mo's question, we're not looking to compete in utility scale projects. The, the cost of funding is too low. The, the technical expertise required is, is too great. And also the, 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 the duration from, from inception to financial close to actual operation of the project is too long. So the smaller, the smaller the project, obviously, the quicker the lead time on that project. So as Ryan said, 100, 100 kilowatts to, to 5 megawatts is, is our sweet, sweet spot. If the opportunity arises that there's a project bigger than that that we can look at that makes, financial, that makes commercial sense, um, by all means, we will look at it. Um, on, a, on an individual basis, you wouldn't necessarily look at less than 100 kilowatts unless it's part of a greater portfolio. What's interesting with that is it takes you out of the kind of, I think what's become a little bit messy, right? Everyone who was a sanitizer expert in COVID is now a solar installer. I mean, I say that a bit tongue in cheek, but I, I do feel like everyone is now a solar expert. I mean, people will go where the money is and I respect that. Everyone needs their hustle, right? But unfortunately, that does result in varying quality in a big way and people won't know until it's five years, 10 years later, and the 150 grand they just put on their roof and in their garage didn't last nearly as long as they were told, you know? And it's gonna, and that's maybe what's made me hold back just a little bit is I'm not sure that I completely believe the numbers yet, but you guys clearly do at least at a bigger level. And it'll be interesting to tap into that. I mean, from what I've seen and correct me if I'm wrong, the cost of panels has come down substantially over the past, whatever, couple of decades. The cost of the batteries seems to be where the big money is spent now. Do you see the cost of batteries kind of coming down? Or, or, you know, how do you think about that in the context of doing one of these projects? Because technology almost always gets cheaper. So it becomes like a delayed gratification point, right? I mean, the modeling must get hell of interesting. Um, so, so, Ghost, I guess, yeah, to, on that point, um, as, as, as technology becomes more sophisticated, naturally, it, it will become cheaper over time. Um, but with, with, with projects that have been installed and are currently being installed, um, the lifespan of those projects is at a minimum, say, five to ten to ten years on the existing technology. Um, and and as, a, as, as an investment case, we may not be looking to, to stay in, for the, in those assets for, for much longer than those periods. 
but but you're absolutely right. As as the technology gets better, it will it, the cost will come down, um, and 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 modeling it is is quite interesting. Yeah, but these these assets are long term assets, so you, you you have to take a view. I guess we may be wrong, but you 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 have to take a view with the technology you have at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the technology has reached a point where it's good enough to to sustain the the installation for the the 10 15 20 year uh, PPA or, or installation that it's meant for so if better technology does come out it's not that it's going to exponentially improve um, what you've got on your roof or your production capabilities so I think I think really from a from a storage perspective and from a production perspective I think we're really at the point where you know the technology is good so you can rely on that for a for a period of time and if better technology comes out, it's not like I'm going to come out and say, well, we're blowing this out of the market. And then, you know, we, I want this off my roof immediately. You're not going from VHS to DVD. Yeah? That's already happened. You're going like DVD to Blu-ray. You know, it's a bit better. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. And guys, just I guess to, um, just to chat about your earlier points in terms of being skeptical of the numbers and, and not necessarily sure that, that you, you, you're, you're on board with, with all the the projections and, and, and yields that are that are coming out. I mean, it's kind of like like any business where Excel can tell one story, but the, the operational side tells another, and and you have to be aware of that. I mean, you can't just you can't just take everything at at face value from what you see on an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so that is that is something that we we're constantly grappling with and and finding in our in in our business as a, at the moment is. Is, is what's happening on the ground versus what's happening on the model. So yeah, it's all agreed. I mean, the model tells you, we've all we've all worked in finance, we all know the old story. I'm selling my business now, look at this hockey stick on profit growth, and I promise that you'll deliver this. You know, if you just buy my business, and the first question is always, well, why are you selling it then? But, um, you know, in the, in, the, <laughs> in the world of solar, and specifically, I think in South Africa, where we have this reliability of power problem, it's somewhat different analysis to just a financial measure. If it was just a financial thing, you would just look at the cost of buying from, you know, the national utility, or if you're in a country where you can get power from more than one place, many countries are competitive in that, then you'll say, well, how much does the solar really save me? But in South Africa, certainly for large businesses, I mean, load shedding is a disaster for industrial players, for mines, um, for restaurants, for malls, you know, it's a complete disaster. So there, there's a very real existential issue of if the lights go out and canal walk has no power then high prop loses an absolute fortune they almost have to have a solution regardless the numbers are like a bonus right so exactly to your point we're actually just discussing this is is on commercial and industrial installations to i guess any grid tied solar installation for that matter when load shedding hits um, the solar power generated from those from those assets and from those panels can't be fed back into the off-taker because once 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 the grid once electricity is is switched off or the energy supply is switched off the the inverter no longer operates um, and from a safety point of view the, um, when when you bring in dc current from the from the solar panels you can't just feed it directly into the grid without it being converted into an ac current so 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 load shedding had a huge effect on the operational yield of of solar assets in july or or over the last couple of months because during load shedding these 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 assets aren't generating the the electricity that that you'd expect and it's it's something that that it's a kind of a yeah preconceived idea that that solar assets are 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 replacements or uh 
it's an alternative to load shedding. Or, but yeah, or a backup, I suppose. Or a backup, exactly. And it isn't necessarily the case unless you have some sort of hybrid. energy storage or hybrid system with batteries that can create that can store electricity for that period or for that load shedding period for for the solar to actually be fed into into the off taking into the off taking operation. So, so Saul, that's really interesting and something that you've just triggered a thought now. Do you specifically invest in only projects that have energy storage with the solar or do you try and avoid that either or i'm just curious because you make a really good point there right it's actually two separate issues because if you've got the panels you are effectively supplementing what you're taking from the grid and then it very much becomes a cost saving analysis if you've got energy storage it's cost saving and backup which has very different value to the user and i would imagine changes the numbers as well no, so I mean that that's that's exactly it. It's 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 looking at two elements as opposed to one. So if it's a purely a cost saving um, exercise where you look at just the panels and and their performance, it it, it makes it quite difficult because on a on a from a valuation perspective, if you look at it at at, at past yield um, relative to to what's been projected and load shedding's been in play for for months, six weeks, two months, and the asset hasn't been performing as 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 it was envisaged, then how, how it's quite a it's quite an interesting task to to actually put a value on on future cash flows because if 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 we foresee that load shedding is going to be um, part of our lives, how do you anticipate that the the solar asset will work? Whereas with a backup solution, it's a lot easier to to predict and say okay, there there's one less factor um, in the equation. Although I think I think what we are starting to see and will start to see, I think the guys are starting to to realize this and starting to invest in in hybrid systems. So you are starting to see solar plus battery backup solutions. Yeah. Because, because it, as you said earlier, it's quite simple. It's no longer a case of, uh, it's not a savings discussion anymore. It's not a cash flow discussion anymore. It's now a, we need to stay alive and do business discussion. So we need a backup solution as well as a, a cash saving solution or, or a, an expense driven solution. So we are seeing more and more that the guys are doing battery backup and solar panels. The market's incredibly interesting at the moment. It's a, it's a really exciting space to be in because there's just so much happening and so many guys are just, it's all everyone's talking about. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I think Dino mentioned to you, we went to the this, this solar expo the other day. I don't. I was. I was telling Saul that we went to. I went. Go. Was going to expos pre-COVID, and you'd go to these expos and there's no one there. There were thousands of people at this expo, and every single person there's probably a, a an installer or a, a an EPC or a. It was amazing to see. Guys, just changing tack a little bit and maybe picking up where Ryan left off. Right, is that it's becoming a bit of a a crowded space. Right, in that. There are lots of players now. So I, for example, in the institutional space up here, was speaking to some of the big pension funds and they were saying, you know, the IRRs on renewable energy projects have compressed because all of the pension funds are chasing the same deals. Now that's in the institutional space. How long before that becomes the issue in the smaller scale space, the small or mid-tier commercial space, the larger residential space? And, you know, how are you seeing that? What's the kind of runway or window of opportunity in this particular renewables energy space, I think in South Africa, that's slightly different in that because ESCOM is so inefficient, maybe there's a, a much larger addressable market. But 
as more capital starts to chase some of these opportunities, those returns are going to compress. How are the returns right now? How long before you see those compressing and when it stops being viable as a, as a niche or as a business that you'd like to operate in? Um, no, Mo, so you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, as you say, in the utility space, it's basically a race to zero at the moment. Um, and that's why it, it's just not a, it's not a, it's not an area in which we, we look to play. And from a commercial, a smaller commercial and industrial point of view, agricultural um, assets, the market is so big and fragmented that it really varies across the board. You can have, depending on the off taker and the size of the system, the locale of the, um, of the, of, of the system itself, every element affects what return you could generate off an asset. It also depends on um, which which players are are in that specific area? Whether it's in the Eastern Cape, maybe a very is a very different market to the Western Cape is different to Gauteng, KwaZulu Natal. It's still so fragmented that it's hard to kind of put a tangible timeline on on when we think the market will start start going down. It really just depends on on, on so many factors at this stage. And, and I think I think the natural progression especially in the South African market, is that your bigger players and your, uh, your cheaper source of funding will always go to the bigger projects because this, there's always a similar amount of work in a, in a 500 million rand project to a 5 million rand project. There's, from, a, from a funding perspective, it's always you know same amount of work for far bigger uh, investment into the project. So we believe that there will always be that space where we can play where the returns aren't that heavily impacted because the bigger players aren't playing in that space. What do those returns look like for investors that are interested in the space? You know, what's, what does the space look like? Is it something that you, you know, investors look at buying in as an income portion of their portfolio? Or is it something where you roll those, you roll the income into the portfolio you know, as, as capital? How does that look from a structural perspective with regards to what Westbrook's doing right now? So, so Mo, I mean, our solution is, uh, is, is very much a tax play. So we, we playing, like the Section 12J benefit, we playing with the, in the realms of the Section 12B benefit. And we've found a solution where we believe we can pass that that benefit over to the investor. So, as an underlying project return, we're seeing returns anywhere from 12 to 18 percent over a 10 to 20 year PPA project. But we we found a way to enhance that significantly with the 12B benefit. Yeah, the use of the tax structures really does give it a proper kicker, doesn't it? I mean, that, that's one of the arts of finance. You've know, you got to be able to structure around that stuff. And that's why these tax incentives exist. You know, people don't necessarily, if they haven't studied tax, um, firstly, I, I, that's probably a good thing. But secondly, you know, they don't necessarily realize that the government uses tax as an incentive to drive behavior. So by giving tax breaks, you can take something that would otherwise be potentially sub-economic or just not very exciting and help turn it into something that actually becomes, you know, really interesting. Yeah, and I think also in terms of with the, the intention of, of this incentive is is to increase investment into renewable energy and increase the amount of renewable energy being produced. In that light, that's that, that's exactly what we're looking to do. And, and Mo, I think, I think it comes back to what you said earlier, is that we are bringing private investors into the space, whereas they wouldn't have access to a solar portfolio per se, as uh, as much as we, we could say the same thing in the 12J space where they wouldn't have had access to a, an asset rental book 
um, or a student accommodation portfolio. We can now bring private investors into a solar portfolio with nice, you know, yield. If anyone's wondering where the Westbrook offices are, the uh, Hardy Dars there have certainly confirmed that it was definitely in Johannesburg. But, uh, we'll, we'll keep that in for a nice South African flavour, mode to remind you of, uh, you know, of, of what you left behind when you went back to Canada with Dicey Signal. It, 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 remind, it reminded me of the Hardy Dar we had on another pod record while I was recording down in, in Joburg. But I, to me, it sounded like a, like a resounding thumbs up from the Hardy Dar in terms of, you know, this is going to tick the box from a tax perspective. It's going to tick a box in terms of allowing private investors into a space where they, they just generally don't have access. It's going to tick the box in terms of ESG, for example, because clean energy is really such a, an important theme we've discussed time and time again here on Magic Markets, not just in South Africa, globally. You know? So I think you know, the role that Westbrook is playing in all of those spaces, to me, certainly is conceptually very valuable. So in, in terms of that space, you know, we've ticked the box in terms of IRRs that, that you know, look competitive. There's the tax structuring and so forth. How do investors actually access this? You know, I, uh, we know that they can find you on, on, on your website, which is www.westbrook.co.za, but how would they access this practically in terms of adding it into their portfolio? Is it a discussion that they have with someone at Westbrook's offices? Is it something they can buy on a platform? What does that look like if I, for example, wanted to pull the trigger today? So when this goes out to the broader market, it'll be a discussion with someone at Westbrook. It, it, it won't be a, a retail product uh, available on a platform. It'll be very much a discussion with the likes of uh, Dino. I'm, I'm genuinely interested. What do those minimums look like? You know, what, what is the kind of scale of investor? We spoke about scale in terms of the projects you're targeting, but what about the investors that you're letting into this opportunity from, from your side? So Mo, um, it's, it's not uh, defined as yet, but it'll definitely be in the sophisticated investor space. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put figures out there, but it, it definitely won't be in the uh, in the lower the lower tier of investor space. So something we've come to see from Westbrook and what we've learned about you guys is ultimately you first go and figure it out off your own balance sheet if this thing works, and then you allow other people to invest. So I think that's an important point. You know, this is it's very different to what a lot of people in the market do, where they kind of say, "Hey, here's a hot idea." You can invest alongside us, but even better, just give us your money and we'll take a management fee. It's completely the other way around at Westbrook, where you actually on balance sheet go and suss it out first. And I guess if the returns look good enough, then it's like, okay, cool, let's bring other people into the fold and then we'll make our management fee. So that's a really, that's a really important point. And I guess if investors can't get involved yet, then what you are probably hoping will happen is if someone's listening to this and they know of a solar project of this kind of magnitude, then there's definitely a conversation at Westbrook because you, I imagine you are on the hunt for assets like mad at the moment. That's 100% correct. Yeah. And that would include stuff like residential complexes. I mean, I live in a complex with 100 units. We've, uh, you know, we've fantasized about having a solar farm in our park, although I'm not, sure, I'm not sure that everyone with kids will approve of getting rid of the jungle gym. I'm not even sure I would approve. I have a little one. But I mean, you know, all jokes aside, residential high-end estates, there's a lot of those everywhere in South Africa. That's got to be a dripping roast for solar projects. So, Ghost, you're absolutely right. I think with our mandate at the moment, um, it, is, it is limited to, to the commercial, um, industrial and agricultural space. Um, residential is, is on the horizon, but not at this, not at this point in time. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, just to, just to add to your point in terms of us looking for assets, I mean, that's and, and what Mo said earlier in terms of the amount of capital being poured into the market. We, as an investor, our goal is to, as you say, match the users of capital with the holders of capital and, yeah, to create value for, for both. We, we, we definitely believe that through our structure, there's, 
immense value for for an investor but also for a holder of of, of solar assets or, or any 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 stakeholder really mm. across the solar value chain we, we we believe we can we can create a lot of value um so it's just a matter of yeah going going out to markets and and and, and reaching those guys um, which which we're actively doing before we take it to to an investor base, as you say, we want to test it on our test it on our own. Make sure that we have a proper vetted working product before we 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 take it to market. You know, so 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 guys, just my understanding, the the value chain here effectively is there's an opportunity as Westbrook. You're out there, you know, you're kind of hunting those opportunities. You're going to bring that in. You're going to incubate that on your own balance sheet. You've got the structure in place. You're going to basically feed that through to your investors on the other side. So what is the timeline of all of this? I mean, it's obviously something live that you're operating on right now. Uh, you know, if I'm someone who's looking for funding, I can go and speak to Westbrook today because, you know, I've got a project that might be viable that you guys will price on. If I'm an investor who wants to give you my, my money and earn that return, what's your timeline? Do you have a product that's up and running today? Or is that something that's coming within the next month or two? What can I expect? When can I expect to have a conversation with one of the guys at Westbrook? So um, practically, we're hoping to have that uh, within the next two months to, uh, available to investors. Um, we've got a project pipeline, as you said, on the asset side. Hopefully, we can close... Uh, we've we, we've we've invested in a couple of solar assets, but uh, looking to close a couple more within the next you know four to six weeks, and then we can have a proper conversation with investors to say, guys, we've got this this amazing offering. I think Mo's tired of losing money on Netflix. He wants to come invest in solar instead. I, I think it's solar. It's solar in South Africa and it's telecoms in Canada. Not just because of the investment returns I can actually earn, but also because I can then improve the overall quality of life for you, Ghost, as well as for me up here. Yeah, there we go. These are clearly what we need. So I think, chaps, it's been a really insightful discussion. You're always amazed at the interesting things that Westbrook is busy doing. And a lot of it is behind the scenes. And it's really great that on Magic Markets, we can kind of bring that out to the market and get people to see what the pipeline actually looks like at Westbrook. And, and just to reiterate at the moment, you know, if you are sitting on these sort of commercial industrial projects, if you're looking for potentially a funding partner, clearly there's a conversation to be had with the team from Westbrook. And, you know, keep your eyes open if you are, you know, of sufficient balance sheet to be able to kind of invest in these alternative assets and it is the kind of asset where you know it needs a relatively high minimum investment there are many reasons for this then you know keep your eyes out for announcements from Westbrook coming down the line but I think guys thank you that's uh, pretty much what we've got time for this week it's really been a pleasure and uh, we will track that progress with interest great awesome but thanks Ghost and thanks Mo it was yeah. great to be on the show thanks for having us yeah thanks and yeah looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what comes down uh, down the line from Westbrook but guys thanks so much and uh, to our listeners we hope you've enjoyed this let us know what you think hit us up on social media it's at Finance Coast and at Mohamed Nala uh, until next week same time same place this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice please speak to your personal financial advisor